This is the Well, Well, Well podcast with Cassandra and Britt, episode number five, Buffering. Do you buffer? Do you even know what a buffer is? You're about to because we are the queens of buffering and it's not a good thing. Well, 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 welcome to the podcast. We can't think of anything better than conversations with your girlfriends about all the wellness. Let's discuss what the gurus are saying and weave the good stuff into our lives. We aren't experts, but we are your friends, and we are here with you. We are so glad you joined us. Well, 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 welcome to our podcast today. Britt, what are you drinking? I have my giant Stanley cup. It's a 40-ouncer. Yeah, she's not joking when she says it's giant. And it has a handle and a thick straw, and my friend Katie got me onto it, and I got to tell you, it's just the best beverage container. But you asked me what I was drinking, not what I was drinking it out of. But I know how you feel about your container because it goes everywhere with Mm -hmm, you mm because the handle, it's kind of like a purse And a straw because I just like a straw. I like a straw, too. And, uh... It's just good old water. Ah, Some ice cold icy dubs. Some good water. Okay, today I'm having a protein shake again because I did a great workout this morning and then Brittany and my husband Dylan told me that I needed to have some protein instead of the apple that I chose. Yeah, she refueled so far in her entire day with a single apple. (laughs) It's not going to cut it. I don't know what I'm doing wrong around here, but... (laughs) It feels like everything. Okay, so what is buffering in regards to self-improvement? We all have negative or uncomfortable emotions like feelings of anxiety or sadness, disappointment, boredom, even anger or regret. But instead of feeling that emotion, we buffer by diverting our attention to things that feel much more comfortable, easy or fun. I have a visual that I keep in my mind, Britt. And this is a picture of myself surrounded by big, fluffy white pillows that are cozy and amazing and don't let anything touch me or bring me discomfort. Almost uh. like, you know, those um, those inflatable balls that they have at parties that kids can go on and they like crash into each other. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. But, you know, the pillows are prettier. So I try to think of myself in pretty pillows. Yeah. The visual is definitely prettier with pillows because sometimes when I think about those like inflatable human sized balls, I just think, I wonder about the cleanliness and just, I feel like they get sweaty inside those. And I don't know if anyone's cleaning them in between parties. Yeah. You just said human sized balls, (laughs) which is interesting, but also, but do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I do know what you mean. Because, you know, you feel like there's going to be some condensation in there. Yeah. 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 They're, they're okay. a little gross. So and sometimes... let's go back to the pillows. It's better. It's yes, better. I right? I think the pillows is the better way to go with that. So, yeah. yes, I feel like, back to buffering, I feel like buffering is doing something to escape uncomfortable emotions. So we're looking for instant gratification instead of going through something challenging. Which obviously makes a lot of sense. Why would we want to face discomfort head on? I mean, on a surface level, we definitely don't want to do that. So that's why we buffer. No, yeah, I certainly don't want to face anything head on. Right. So often for me, I buffer by looking in the cupboard or the refrigerator doors or something like that when I have a long list of household chores to do. Or maybe I scroll through emails or Instagram instead of studying something that I want to study that's important to me. Or I bake cookies when I should be planning my Sunday lesson. 
So what about you? What does buffering look like for you? Okay. For me, it is for sure online shopping or at least (laughs) scrolling through and like adding to cart and just building my wish lists. Yes. Um, I would much rather do that than deal with um, feelings of anxiety. So I get anxious about things I'm dealing with, like with my kids or my family. Sometimes social outings in general make me anxious. And somehow online shopping always seems like the answer. Yes. So then we ask ourselves, why is buffering a problem if it makes me feel better? Yeah, I think that's a good question and something that we need to get really clear on because doing things that make us feel better are not always a buffer. Okay. This is something we have to look at in our own individual lives, and it's going to be different for each person. But if we look at the example of baking the cookies, there's really nothing wrong with baking cookies. I mean, a lot of times it's not a buffer. It's just something I choose to do with my afternoon that I'm going to enjoy with my kids, and it's just totally not a buffer. But... There are times, for example, when I have a lesson that I'm supposed to teach at church on Sunday and I need to prepare for the lesson. And my thought is I need to get going on my lesson. And instead of getting going on my lesson, I start making cookies. And my brain tells me like, oh, I'll totally bring them on Sunday. And so I am working on my lesson, but I'm not actually working on my lesson. I'm baking cookies. I'm eating the dough. I'm just doing a effortless activity that I always enjoy instead of actually planning my lesson. I'm eating the cookies, so I'm just getting more satisfaction and more joy. And I, meanwhile, I haven't even started my lesson. So I haven't gotten any closer to my goal. And really, I'm giving myself a fix on the feelings that I would feel if I would just plan my lesson. Britt, explain to me why you want to avoid the lesson. You love the kids. You're a great teacher. So what's the problem? What are you trying to buffer from? Well, I think the problem is that the planning of the lesson is going to require focused attention, possibly prayer and meditation. And my brain tells me that that sounds hard. Yeah. So, of course, if I just did it, I would get to feel accomplished and satisfied, productive, or even relieved all of the feelings I got to feel by making the cookies, I would get to feel those if I just planned the lesson, but I trade like the lasting effects of those feelings by just getting a quick fix. Okay. So you're saying if you just did the lesson, that dopamine hit that we're looking for would be more sustainable than the dopamine hit from the cookies. Yes. The accomplishment is longer lasting that comes with learn leaning into the discomfort. So what does leaning into the discomfort look like to you? Well, I mean, I just need to get my materials out. I need to set aside some time to be focused on studying because when I'm planning a lesson, I have to study first and then pray and meditate and decide what I'm going to even do the lesson on. It's just a little bit of a process. And I just need to accept that in the beginning, it's not very comfortable for me. There's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of focus that needs to happen instead of doing something that's more mindless and gives me the same feeling, instant feeling, I guess some focused attention wouldn't kill me. So leaning in would be just accepting the work and the patience and the focus 
And that's what I need to do. It's interesting because as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that I think focus is kind of hard for me. No. (laughs) And so if I have to focus, I would rather do something mindless, which baking is more mindless for me. Well, and I think the thing about baking, too, is if you've ever had Brit's cookies, they're just insane. She's really an amazing baker. But there is something, too, of you've baked cookies a million times. They always turn out well. You know what you're doing. It's just overall just a really satisfying experience. Right. Opposite of I'm going into a lesson that I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. It's all new. It's yeah. like a learning experience that's not as comfortable. Yeah. Okay. So give me an example for you, though. Okay. So I know I'm not buffering with online shopping when I'm being efficient and buying things that are like necessary or actually not even just necessary, but things that are planned out. But I know I'm buffering when I'm shopping instead of scheduling things that I don't want to schedule, like the plumber or my annual mammogram, something like that. Like those things can be uncomfortable. Actually, maybe they're boring. It's boring. It's uncomfortable. Online shopping is way more exciting. Oh yeah. I can dream up all sorts of things about why I need this and that. Okay. So there's so many uncomfortable things in life that are easy to escape with buffers. And some types of buffers might not seem like a very big deal. Maybe escaping the discomfort seems like the right choice sometimes. But are we missing out on a growth opportunity if we would have just leaned into the discomfort instead of buffering? Some buffering is more obviously destructive, like excessive drinking or doing drugs. And it's so easy to see like how engaging in those behaviors is not good and how obvious it is that we are using them to escape discomfort. It's harder to detect the more socially acceptable things we do, like over-exercising or even gossiping, and those can be really harmful too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I loved something that I heard from Glennon Doyle Melton's feed and her wife, Abby. They mentioned something that Mark Twain said once, and I can't remember which one of them mentioned it, but I loved it and it stuck with me. So Mark Twain said, if it's your job to eat a frog... It's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. So now when I wake up in the morning, I think about what Glenn and Abby say to each other, which is swallow the frog, do the hardest thing first. Yeah. So the frog is the thing you least want to do. So if you just get up, get going, call the mammogram lady, schedule the appointment, swallow the frog then you'd be doing so much better. Right. And then it's just off your list, like the nagging things that nag your brain all the time. It's just off your list. And you actually have just some satisfaction there and you can move on. You swallowed the frog. I love that analogy. I love the idea that swallowing the frog might be not gossiping. So when you're sitting with a group of friends in non-judgment, like it's not like you're sitting there judging them because they are gossiping. You're just sitting there And you actually have something that you could add. Maybe it's funny. That's usually my thing. If I feel like I have something funny to say, it's really hard not to say it. Well, yeah. I feel like that's really withholding a gift and maybe that's not fair. Right. And so we tell ourselves that and we feel like we need to just share the thing, even if it might be mean or harmful in some way. Yeah. And so sometimes if I'm going to try to not do that and just swallow the frog, it's like... I'm literally swallowing the, the, the joke. The, the joke. 
like a big fatty frog. I'm just swallowing it. I just don't say it. And then guess what? The conversation moves on and I don't have to deal with the regret that comes from like saying something you wish you hadn't said, even if it was funny. Sometimes the funny things stick with people longer and then they like really remember the mean thing you said. You're so, right, especially your funny things. Well, you know, <laughs> I think it goes for everyone. But I do think that just swallowing the frog, just not saying the thing, the not gossiping, you know, it actually feels really good. I just think there are so many super available buffers for us at all times, especially now with the constant distractions that our phones can give us. I mean, getting back to some of the substances available to us that you mentioned, like the drugs and alcohol. Mm Mm-hmm. When you said that, it just really made me think about how in our faith and also in my upbringing, I was taught not to engage in those behaviors. And sometimes as an adult, I kind of think like, I have good judgment. I don't know that abstaining from like alcohol is as important as it maybe was in my youth. But when I think about that by steering clear of those things... It gives me a lot of opportunities to live in self-awareness. Then I realize that it is maybe a big deal. Like I'm not escaping my negative emotions with drinking. Or for another example, if I'm eating healthy foods and meat in moderation, which is another thing that I was taught at church and at home, it requires more self-awareness than if I'm lazy about what I eat. So I think these things are good practices, not just for obedience to faith or rule following, but also because it makes me understand a little bit more about living in mindfulness. In our first podcast, we talked about how Brooke Castillo defines mindfulness, and that is that it is actually becoming mindful of your mind. What's going on in our mind is more clear when we're not buffering. We get to develop the skill of processing emotions, and 50% of the time, we're likely going to experience negative emotions. If we process them instead of buffering them away, it's kind of like a mental weightlifting class. The more weightlifting that you lean into and you allow, the more you'll be able to handle and the better better you're going to get at just eating the frog. It's kind of like getting stitches if you need stitches instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it every day. So essentially, we're probably delaying the learning of life lessons and developing skills and characteristics if we buffer. Right. Yes. So let's think about the qualities we want to develop or things that we want to accomplish that we can if we don't buffer and allow ourselves to feel discomfort. I'm thinking of things like patience, discipline, self-respect, endurance, compassion, empathy. These are all reminding me of somebody. Absolutely. Jesus. Yes. Some pretty amazing Christ-like qualities right there. Things that I think we really want. Yeah, I agree. And when we're buffering, we're numbing our way through our day, which is just not bringing us any closer to Christ. Right. It's not bringing us any closer to Christ because when we're buffering, it's really hard to be in touch with like our spiritual selves, our spiritual health, our spiritual well-being. We're kind of numbing that whole part when we're buffering. Yeah, we're numbing some of the we're numbing the negative emotions but we're also numbing some of those positive emotions right too. kind of our sensitivity gets numb yeah and so in that regard we're not really coming any closer to christ and then when it comes to developing qualities to be more like him i mean you look at his life he was not numbing no he was not buffering he was feeling it he was just taking things head on yeah 
And so it's just interesting because these are qualities that are so easy to admire in other people. And I think we sometimes just imagine that there's like a magic wand and they just got those good qualities and I just didn't get them. I'm not very good at being self-disciplined or I'm not very good at being compassionate. And this other person, it just comes naturally for them when the reality is that those qualities come through practice and discomfort and learning. So when we realize how important it is to lean into the discomfort and to develop some of these qualities and to not buffer, I think it's fair to ask, how are we going to handle and manage discomfort then? Right, of course. Because now we know discomfort's coming, and if we're not going to buffer, then how do we... How do we handle the discomfort? Okay, so we know the discomfort's there. We know that we want to buffer, but what do we do instead? We don't buffer. We lean in. What, right. do, you, what do you do when you're leaning in? I like how Jody Moore explains this concept. She says, along with other teachers, that we need to name the emotion first. And we need to ask ourselves some questions like, where do you feel anxiety? Like, what part of your body? Then she says to ask yourself, what color is it? Is it moving like fluid or is it hard like a rock? Is it hot? Is it cold? Um, By naming those emotions, we become aware of them and that they're just vibrations in our body. And I think of ways that I can soften that emotion without using a buffer, which oftentimes looks like just sitting in stillness and waiting for that vibration to pass through my body. I also think the thought, I'm not always going to feel like this. This is going to pass. Or another thought I like is, it's okay that I feel this way. And taking deep breaths. Yeah, and I think that when you sit with it, I love the thought of this is going to pass. Uh Because if you remind yourself of that and you just sit with it, then eventually it subsides a little. And at that point, you can start asking yourself, what am I learning? How am I growing from this? And even do a thought download about it and start to really take a look at it. I think also there are things that maybe aren't that deep. They're just uncomfortable things that we have to deal with. And they're not things that we would do a whole thought download about. They're just things that we might say, this is the part of my day when I feel anxious. Yeah. You know, or disengaged or tired or overwhelmed or sad or whatever the thing is. And just realize that, You can handle it. Our bodies were built to manage these things. Yeah. When I recognize that buffering is a thing that we all do in various degrees, then I am more able to take a close look at my life and at my mind. Working on it begins with becoming aware of that we do it. This is a deep topic, but we are so glad you came along with us. We want to hear from you. How do you buffer? What are you trying to escape? What do you do to process difficult emotions? We will definitely reference buffering a lot because it's something we can all relate to. And I often find myself wrapped up in my white fluffy pillows. Yes. Just, you know, fending off the whole world. Come tell us on Instagram why you buffer, how you buffer, and what happens when you don't buffer. We will post some of your examples on our stories. So join us again and be well. Okay, wait. And before we let you go... Need to tell you our looky here for the week. Yes. So for my well looky here, I heard the most incredible podcast 
Maybe you've heard of Gold Digger podcast. Jenna Kutcher is the owner of that podcast. Is that the right word? No, I think it's called Podcaster. Okay, she's the podcaster. I think we should know these things. Eh. <laughs> and she had the guest Tony Robbins on. And I gotta tell you, made me laugh, made me cry, taught me things. I was yeah, taking you notes sent it over the whole to thing. me and it was excellent. I loved it. Really good. Yeah. What about yours? Okay, so I loved that one too. I listened to that right after you told me it. And then mine is right now, I am just loving these hit classes that I've been taking. Ooh, sister. I know. So I am not a huge workout person, but my sister went and got herself certified in all the things that workout people get certified in. And now she teaches these hit classes that are so amazing. They're, they're really great. hard. Great. I mean, they're really hard. They're really hard. <laughs> they're really hard. Yeah, I definitely have to take my inhaler before I go, <sighs> and then afterwards, not just eat an apple. They're hard, but one of the things that she said that honestly stuck with me is how she said, "You may not feel good right now." At the end of the class, she said, "You may not feel good right now, but in twenty minutes." You're going to be so glad you did this. I'm sorry. So was she talking about doing hard things and not buffering? Oh, wait a minute. Full circle. Full circle. There it is. Okay. Well, be well. Be well. Be well.